Now introducing the Minor Wisdom Trio! Minor Wisdom! My apologies to all my fan for releasing this late today. Uh, this is kind of one of the first times that I've recorded and then just released. Uh, I've done it before, but it's it's like, I think the second time maybe. So anyway, uh, the, it is Sunday. I'm recording this on Sunday after Texas Thespian Festival, which in my mind was a success. Uh, this was the busiest I have ever been for Texas Thespian Festival. Thursday and Friday, and I got there Wednesday night, but Thursday and Friday were very busy for me. Uh, as a board member, I opened my big mouth and said, where can I help? And then uh, I was busy. Uh, Saturday, I didn't do too, too much. Uh, it's not really my board. I'm not on the state festival board. I'm on the uh, educator board. So uh, just doing some stuff was uh, not that we're not going to help each other out, but I didn't know what the drill was. I wasn't in those meetings and stuff. So I did what I could, but what I could do was a lot. So I was very uh, grateful for the time there. Very honored to be a board member. I thought it went off really well. I know there were some hiccups with the release with uh, going home. Even we, you know, had to wait for some time uh, longer than our driver really wanted us to wait. You know, it is what it is, but um, I had a good time. Uh, my students had a really great time. It, this was the first time my school had gone in probably a decade, almost a decade, if not longer, actually. And uh, they killed it. I told my knot tying girl, you're not getting back on the bus unless you win. And uh, we took her back. We took her on the bus because she won with uh, in the night tying part of the tech relay. So that was really cool. And then, of course, the coolest element was I, in 13 years, had never had uh, a main stage performer. And uh, Valentina, my girl, my dancer, taught her everything she knows. I choreographed her dance and everything. Just kidding. Um, and she performed for the Blue... Uh, closing ceremonies. I was, it was amazing. I was so proud. Uh, you know, I've been proud of tons of students, uh, dozens and dozens of students during Texas Thespians. Uh, but this was definitely, this definitely takes a cake just to see one of your own up there, just absolutely killing it. And then the crowd showing their appreciation for it and being the first dance uh, uh, main stage performance because that has never been a category up until now. So I was so excited. It was really cool. I had a great time. Uh, we are, you know, uh, now ready for the holidays and Thanksgiving is this week. And then we roll into the winter holidays and Hanukkah and Christmas Kwanzaa. Uh, so, you know, everything's going, going, going. My dogs are even going in the background. So, uh, they're excited too, as they should be. I think mom is cleaning the uh, kennel for one of the dogs, and so I think he's getting a little excited about that. You know what I'm saying? This week I've got Adrian Gallardo on. Uh, Adrian's going to make a lot of you feel really bad about yourselves because he is not only the principal of his school, but he's also the director for his theater department. Um, he directs their one-act play. You're going to hear us talking about that, uh, and uh, he does quite a great job explaining his background uh within a little bit of it i think six seven minutes in or whatever uh he does uh, or he does yeah it was his fault the internet dropped but anyway no the internet dropped on my end and i i figured out why it keeps doing that but i had not figured out when i recorded this about two months ago with him uh so it does get you'll hear a little bit of spot of uh 
kind of weird choppiness, kind of like Max Hedrum a little bit, but the rest of it is, is just fine. But, uh, it was really fun talking to him. Uh, again, he, he just, it, you know, we complain theater teachers a lot about how much work we have to do for a un one show. And Adrian is doing that. Plus he's the principal of the school. So it's really neat. He's also the principal of his school. Like it's, uh, uh, the school he attended. So you're going to hear all that stuff. He talks about Dancer Texas. And I'm going to include a link to Dancer Texas in the description of this podcast, just so you guys uh, can see it on IMDb. Um, and he also, you know, the UT Permian Basin stuff. Uh, I'm going to include a link to that because he does discuss that. So uh, I, I, I really enjoyed this one just because it's unique. You know, I don't, I, I don't know if I've talked to I can't remember. Uh, now I had a discussion with Tim Estelle where I asked him a question that I had asked him on the podcast and I had just forgotten. And Tim is easily one of the nicest people in the entire world. And he was just kind of forgave me because he's like, you've done almost 200 of these. I don't expect you to remember all of the details about every single interview, but, uh, I don't remember if I've ever had a principal on that is also the director of their one act play. So I know it's a thing. We all know it's a thing with the one, two, and even some three, a schools. So, uh, but it's, it's, I've never talked to somebody that, that does that. So enough about that. Um, let's roll on. Uh, I hope everybody has a great Thanksgiving. I hope everybody, uh, gets some rest after Texas thespians. Those of you that went to San Antonio, I'd love to hear how that went for you. I heard mixed reviews, but I'd love to hear some more. Uh, T-Tech is right around the corner. I know it's crazy. It's less than two months away in Rockwall, Texas, up north near Dallas. Uh, I would love to see everybody there. I will be there. That'll, that's my bye-bye. Uh, we are scheduling workshops next week, pretty much. We're going to kind of flush that out and uh, get everything ready for that. And so I'd love to see you guys at T-Tech. I appreciate all the support. Saw a few people wearing Minor Wisdom shirts at Texas Thespians. That was kind of cool. I mean... You know, it's flattering, imposter syndrome a little bit. Uh, I shouldn't be doing this stuff for all five of you. But anyway, I appreciate all the support. Hey, buy a shirt. I'm going to include that link too. Uh, Leave a five-star review. Uh, I apologize for this intro being kind of mundane and boring. I just, uh, I'm tired. I'm tired. I'm just tired. (laughs) Anyway, have a great week. Have a great Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Uh, I will be back as soon as I can be. I don't have anybody in the can. This is the last interview that I've had over the last two months, so I'm going to be reaching out to people. But this week might not be the best week to get interviews. So uh, I will see you when I see you. Hopefully it's very soon. Have a great one, everybody. Bye. Um, I'm the principal and one of the theater directors over at Rankin High School. I am a product of rural schools and one act play. I graduated from Rankin in 1996. For I was here for the majority of my years as a student. I, I lived in what was called a gas camp in the middle of farmland about 38 miles northeast of here. So I rode the bus 38 miles one way and then 38 miles back every day. Um, and that a gas camp was a place next to a huge gas plant and all the houses were the same. It was all, you know, it had its own little golf course that surrounded it and everything. So it was a very um, suburban type of environment in the middle of nowhere, essentially. Um, 
I did one act play all four years of high school. I loved it even when we didn't advance. We usually were the first to perform and in our district for the first couple of years, there were six or seven shows. So I always got to watch shows after we performed. And, and that was my first sort of awesome moment of just loving theater, some of the shows that I saw there. Then my junior year, maybe we went to regionals and I got to watch the regional shows there. And, and that really took it up another notch because I saw I saw a high quality of acting and, and spectacle that was just amazing uh, back then. And it it made me fall in love with theater even more. When I graduated, I ended up getting a couple of scholarships to UT Permian Basin. They didn't offer theater as anything other than a minor, and it wasn't something that I thought was possible for someone from a school that was my size, so I never took any theater classes when I, when I started there. Finally, in the summer of 2001, which I graduated in the spring of 2002, I needed to take my fine arts class for my gen ed requirement. I also needed an upper level elective as opposed to a lower level elective. So I saw that there was a production class available that would count towards that gen ed requirement and I signed up for it. I really didn't know what was going to be going on in that, but I essentially worked as a stage hand and uh, wound up loving the people I worked with. The professor was Dr. Sean Watson. She was she did a lot of dramatic lit, but she also did the the shows in that small, essentially black box theater that we had there at UTBB. From that point forward, I continued to work on shows at UTBB whenever I was available, mostly doing either lighting design or just general tech or both more often than not. Dr. Watson opened up my eyes to a, a world of theater that I never really knew existed, you know, she taught me, like I said, dramatic lit and theater history as well. So she introduced me to plays that we worked on, such as Wit and How I Learned to Drive and Real Women Have Curves, shows like that, that were, were just great shows to work on and, and a great cast to work on. She also gave me the tools to access so many other plays through my minority playwrights. And so that pushed me to go back after finishing my undergrad degree and start working on a master's in English, primarily focusing on dramatic lit. However, I, I never got to finish that degree because one night I, I was working for the city of Odessa in their billing and collection department. And I went home and my wife, Lydia, and I had a discussion about where we were at in terms of our path in life and where we wanted to go. So she actually put uh, teaching into my head or really she made me think that it was okay to wanna be a teacher. So we got onto the Region 18 website and saw an English slash theater job at a place called Valentine. I had to look it up even though it was in the region that we were technically part of. So, um, she pushed me to go ahead and apply, even though I didn't have my certificate or anything like that. My undergrad degree was actually in sociology and criminology. I filled out the application thinking I, I wouldn't even get a call. The afternoon, my phone rang. The superintendent, Glenn, who his name was Glenn Nix, and I visited over the phone for a few minutes. Then he asked me to come for an interview. So one Saturday morning, that three-hour drive to and through the Fort Davis Mountains, uh, which Valentine is actually one of the smallest districts, if not the smallest school district in Texas. Um, 
I was offered the job and that was the start of the feel for the area. And, and so Valentine was the start of my career. Um, it is the, it's a very small town, less than 200 people live there. And it's actually probably the smallest school district in the state. Definitely one of them, if not the smallest. Um, if you ever want to get a feel of the area and, and to a degree, a feel for the people in the area, I would suggest watching a movie called Dancer, Texas. A lot of the movie was filmed a few miles outside of, uh, of Valentine and in Fort Davis, which is in the same county as Valentine. My wife and I love the school and the people so much, um, you know, that we get excited now whenever we see them, see them at a competition because they are in our by district. And of course, they're in our region when we go to academic competitions. Unfortunately, my wife didn't work in education and she couldn't find work in, in that remote of an area. So she found a job back in Odessa and I took a job at Midland High, which prior to Deb Shaw being there, who's done so much awesome things for the fine arts in Midland ISD. This was my first experience in a large school, but I, I still enjoyed it quite a bit. Yeah, there were challenges that I had never experienced, but I was a second year teacher, so I was still going with the flow and trying to stay alive. A few weeks after the year ended, I received a call from the superintendent at Rankin. Tina Gray had been the counselor when I was a student. She knew I was teaching theater and they needed an all-level fine arts teacher. So I was offered the job to teach a theater from pre-K through high school. However, I didn't take it at first. I hesitated before coming home to Rankin, and Olivia, who also graduated from Rankin, was very resistant to returning. In the end, uh, I decided that I needed to come back so kids like me could have speech, debate, and theater, is what it amounted to. Olivia agreed to give it a try for the same reason. She didn't start working at the school in, until my third or fourth year here. She commuted 60 miles back and forth to Odessa every day instead. My first year in Rankin, I had five girls show up to auditions with no interested techies. We did the effective gamma rays on Man in the Moon Marigolds that year. I had to have the girls recruit their boyfriends and other football players uh, a few weeks before the contest so we could have a crew that could carry everything on stage. We didn't advance that year, but I had two very ambitious girls who turned into leaders the next year. That second year in Rankin was my first show to advance to the regional level, and this time we had a show that had a full slate of actors and techies. A year or two later, I attended the Capitol Conference and sat in on one of Rick Garcia's workshops, and I was hooked. I attended one of the Maestro workshops a little later that summer, and I was, I was amazed, and I also felt so small, not because anyone made me feel small, but because I was just, I was surrounded by greatness. My first Maestro workshop had people who I still aspire to be. Um, the instructors at the sessions were Renee Buchanan, uh, Mandy Epley, and, and of course, Rick Garcia. A few of the other people at that session included people like Kelly Martin, uh, formerly of Hermely, uh, Mandy Connor, J.J. Jonas, Glory McClucky, and Cy Scroggins, and then there was little me over in the corner. And so, um, I was just in awe most of the time that I was there. I had never been surrounded by so many great artists who were at a workshop to develop a competitive show and help each other be better at the same time. I was blessed by Maestro, and, and I'm still blessed by the group every time I go. 
it helped me set it maestro helped set me on a journey as a director that I'll forever be grateful for. It changed my approach to conceptualizing a show, to working with actors and and just approaching life in general. As for the the other side of my educational journey, I received my master's in educational administration, I believe in 2013, 2014. In the fall of 2016, we needed a counselor. So I went back to school and I was going to school at the same time I was the counselor. I served as the district counselor for for, um, two years and continued to direct theater at the junior high, high school level, as well as coach speech and debate with my wife, Olivia. In the fall of 2017, we moved into our new high school and I became the principal of the 6th through 12th campus. Olivia and I continued to direct, but we passed the speech and debate reins on to someone else that year. Then in the fall of 2019, we added a third director, Tim Haynes. And if you don't, if you don't know him, I'll say he's beyond a blessing and that I still learn from him as well. Our team uh, was complete with him. Our team as a director was complete with him. We found a groove and it kicked up the quality of our program. Now we, we plan out our rehearsals and who's going to do what with what group of kids. And we just, we see things differently. And I think that makes our shows better because we've been friends prior to him coming in and we're not afraid to say, well, I don't think that makes sense. That doesn't read, or I don't understand that cross or, or that picture. As for where I am on my journey now, I I feel happy with the road I've taken. I try to help small schools like us whenever I can. I, I feel like the program is here for students like me now. Um, and now what I want to now I want to do everything I can to ensure the same is true at other schools. I know it seems like my head's in a, a little bit in the clouds with that, but that's why I believe in theater. Cool. That was amazing. I mean, like, I kind of want everybody to do that now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not kidding. Uh, my apologies for the drop, but uh, so I wrote down quite a few things. First of all, this is not a question, just uh, an observation, but that, you know, I think everybody thinks that when they're surrounded by theater educators, you know, it's, and I just led a session on this at TXCTA about imposter syndrome. You know, you, you feel like you really don't belong where you are. And I think sometimes people are, that's an inaccurate thing for them. You know, that's the whole reason for it. But man, at Maestro, when you just ratted off those names of the people that you were kind of surrounded by, that, I I feel like there are quite a few people, the majority of the people in this state would not belong in that room <laughs> with <laughs> with that group. Um, that's a, that that's a, was that just coincidence? I mean, you had no idea who was going to be there, right? No, I didn't. It was, I showed up and those were the people there and that was when maestro was still in pretty small groups yeah. so that was over half of the of that session that's incredible i mean that you know and i think most people listening to this know all of those names um most of i think everybody except for sai has been uh has been on the uh the, this podcast but i'll get that fixed soon anyway um I, I, I got to also ask, you mentioned this movie Dancer Texas, and I had never heard of it. I've looked it up. It's on IMDb. Dancer Texas, population 81. Um, what 
can you speak on that? What is it about a little bit? Just give like the elevator trailer, I guess, on what the movie's about, because I've never heard of it. So Dancer Texas is a movie about the largest class that's graduating from Dancer High School. It's five. It's got one girl and four boys. And the four boys, when they were about 12 or so, made a pact that they were going to hop on the first bus out of town after graduation and move to L.A., and so the re- the movie kind of revolves around that weekend between graduation and the bus actually getting there and who's going to follow through, who doesn't, you know, their fears and, and all of those elements. Nice. Yeah. No spoilers. Um, Cause I might, <laughs> I might go back and watch this, but uh, uh, I'm going to, it's only an hour and a half uh, long movie. So uh, it, it kind of looks like just from looking at the IMDb kind of like, um, what is that movie? I think it was in Texas as well. The the Kevin Bacon was in it with the massive worms or whatever that were uh, <laughs> tremors. tremors. Yeah, tremors. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> it kind of has that feel. But um, so you have done something that I thought I was going to do because I went back to school for um, an ME in administration, and then I interned for the six A school that I was working at at the time. And I fell out of love with the idea. Do you think, and you can speak for me, do you think if I had done that on a, in a smaller setting, it would have been different? Like on a, in a one to four A setting where you're not only dealing with behavior issues? I, I definitely think that being in a smaller school, it is a little bit different. You know, I still get to do theater, which is something that I love. I don't think that that well, I know that wouldn't be something I would be able to do if I were in a larger setting. So I still have the administrative side of me and I still get to do the passionate side of me as well. Yeah, it's uh, you've kind of made me second guess uh, the, the decision because. Yeah, because on the 6A level, when you have six or seven other APs and, uh, you know, some sort of administrative role, um, everybody has a different part, but they they definitely don't get to direct <laughs> a show. Uh, you know, they can. They can definitely help out, but it's, it's you know, you're turning your 50-hour weeks into 60-hour weeks and et cetera. So um, how did being a counselor and being a classroom educator and all that, how did it get you ready to be a successful administrator? I think that being a counselor, first of all, did open me up to listening on a higher level. Um, It also helped me prepare for the academic side of counseling. So we build, my counselor and I focus really, really heavily on building programs to make sure that our kids are prepared for post-secondary education. And that's what we, that's one of the things that we kind of pride ourselves in and and do well is our CCMR here at Rankin. How does, um, how does it, how does, how does your schedule look when you get into one act play season? Like what is, what is kind of a normal day for you when you put on both a or a, a principal hat and director hat? We and and we do a fall show as well. Oh, so we do oh. we do a fall show okay. and we also do junior high one act. Okay. Okay. So, so, so we, how so does the, your daily hat? How does your daily uh, life look? <laughs> <laughs> well, we don't. It we're all all of our shows are after school, rehearsed after school. So 
on a day where we normally on Wednesdays, we will we'll go to school and immediately after school, we'll go into junior high rehearsal for about an hour and a half and then have an hour break or so and jump right back into the high school rehearsal. So we have to switch gears really fast and, you know, junior high has to completely strike their set and high school has to set theirs so we can go into, into that rehearsal. How do you like your coffee? (laughs) Like (laughs) I I have, this is my coffee cup. Um, (laughs) This 24 ounce Yeti and it is black. Yeah. That's, I mean, You'd be going through a lot of creamer if you if you didn't drink black coffee. So I mean that's that's incredible. Uh, you know that's it's you have to. You know I talk to a lot of people for this podcast, um, and you know it's it's starting to get close to two hundred uh, interviews. And I got to say, nine out of ten times, I'm always impressed with who I'm talking to, and uh, I don't mean this to sound like you're, you know, a saint of any sort, but I'm always impressed with the people I talk to and how, how they make the job look when you're not, when I, like I'm not in your shoes and you make my job look, uh, much easier. And, and I know you are thinking to yourself, eh, I do it cause I love it. And, and that's the right answer. But, but it's, it's fascinating to know that there are people like you out there that are doing what they absolutely love and doing it because of that reason. Um, so that goes to, I have, (laughs) I kind of had a follow-up question before I got to, uh, patting you on the back a little bit, but, uh, when you are in rehearsal or I guess vice versa, and I don't want you to name names or you can, you can talk about situations maybe, but, um, do you ever have to switch hats real fast and say, whoa, 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 uh, I know I'm the director right now, but you really shouldn't do that. Or the opposite, when you have a kid in your office, not necessarily behavioral, maybe it's grades or, or something, or they're just having an emotional day. Do you ever have to like figure out which version of you you present to them? Yes, I do. And I've even had to step away from rehearsals a couple of times to deal with with an issue. I am fortunate, even though we are a 1A school, I do have an AP, and so she handles a lot of things for me, and we kind of help each other out. She is the head girls basketball coach, and and she teaches an eighth grade math class. So I help her out in basketball season, trying to take on a lot of things, and then she turns around and tries to take a little bit more of the weight during one-act season. And, And as a 1A school, does that mean everybody knows you? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And of course, having come from here, yes. Yeah. And so, you, and I just talked to somebody a few days ago about do they do you ever get to grocery shop in peace? And they said, well, you know, curbside has been a blessing for them. Yes. <laughs> yes. So that's funny. So, so you uh, you mentioned you grew up there, right? And you graduated from the school, right? Yes. Yeah. So how does I mean, what does your closet look like? You know, like I just imagine that everything is related to just your, your upbringing and continued life in, in, in that spot. I mean, it's kind of tongue in cheek what I mean, you know, by that, but I mean, it's just, uh, do you ever, does it ever just dawn on you? Like, this is pretty amazing that I'm able to just, that I was able to graduate from here and now I'm 
kind of running the ship? It it is, and you know, I I am I feel blessed being yeah. here. I feel blessed to be in this district. This is a, a great district to work for. Like I said, I'm at a one A school, and I have an AP. We also have a you know other people in other roles, so we help each other out a lot, and that's what gives me the availability to devote some of my time to one act still. Um, you know, it, I know it's not visible this, but my office had, I have a set of old blockers from our old high school that I had ripped out and that's in here. You know, I have a, a large devil head on, on my wall that someone, an alumni gave to me whenever she retired as well. So I have, I have a closet full of rank and stuff. Yeah. Deep. <laughs> Deep rooted, deep rooted mm-hmm. for sure. What is uh, what is one of the things that has changed uh, under your watch um, that you are very proud of? Not again, not to say that something was bad or uh, in bad shape or something like that. But what is something while you've kind of uh, been steering the ship that has been an improvement that you're very proud of? Uh, as an administrator. Go with you know what you wear. You're you're a basketball coach. You're probably the swim coach. I mean, just do, <laughs> do choose choose anything that you're proud of that that has had had some improvement. I think our course offerings okay. has improved quite a bit, and you know that's for the benefit of the students. There are so many schools that are our size that that just don't have aren't able to offer the opportunities to their students, and that's something that I've been really proud of that we've been able to work. We've been able to find ways to be a little bit innovative to make sure that our kids can do so many different things. And, you know, we get creative with the schedule so that our kids can participate in several different things, not just on the career side, but also just on the elective side, you know, we've introduced things like robotics for our students. We've, been able to give our kids more time to do UIL focused type of courses and activities. And so scheduling is, has yeah. been my funnest and, and one of the things I'm probably most proud of. Is that a staffing thing for you? Is that like making sure that you have a, a teacher that is either certified or well-rounded in a variety of, of content? Uh, yes, for sure. Yeah. You know, pushing, um, teachers who are interested in in other areas to get certified we also are we have what's called a district of innovation plan which kind of allows us to have a little bit of freedom so it allows us to you know if you are a theater teacher and you have a little bit of knowledge in floral design it allows you to teach floral design without having to get certified in it okay because you can do one outside of your area that's fun. Uh, that's that's a, see. I I switched over from public school to the dark side in private school. Um, and what you're describing is very similar to how private school education works. With um, you do not necessarily have to be this proven professional in a field, but sometimes the passion is what is enough to create a class. If you're gonna teach up the kids pretty much and uh, sh- convince the kids that you are a believer in whatever it is that you are teaching, then no matter what that is, then you're 
typically given the ability to teach it. So that's that's kind of a neat uh, neat thing for you. What is uh, for one act play? Because that's what a lot of people <laughs> want right. to hear about, right? So, what is a show that you wish you could do that you don't think? And actually, not just one act play. Let's talk about because you said you do fall show too. So, what what is a show because you have just your your base of kids is not a knock on talent. Just you just don't have the numbers that a six A has. So what is a show that you know that you may never get to do, but you would love to try to do um, if you ever get that type of number support? Hmm. So <laughs> as, <laughs> as far as numbers go, we generally run with about 25 or so kids. Oh. We have a healthy, we have a healthy um, audition and that's been that way for 15 years now we've we've been we've got a healthy group come out um i think and and our fall show is always a show that we do just to be inclusive and try to get everybody involved and we even kind of use it um as our as our oap audition a component of that you know to see if we have someone new how are they going to handle the direction you know how committed are they going to be think things like that we use that for part of it Mm -hmm. yeah um one of the shows that i i can't do anymore because it's been removed from the list um that i would like to come back and and have another shot at now that i am more mature would be um shadow box you know, just because I did that so early on and I did with that, did that with actors who just weren't experienced enough to, you know, commit to it and we weren't successful with it. So there's that part of me that wants to see that be as successful as it could have been. Do you guys ever take on musicals? No, 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 no. no. Is that something like, so again, this is my own, um, you know, being kind of naive to this, do, do smaller schools sometimes combine, uh, marry with other schools around the area? I know that I say the area, but typically a 1A school is kind of on an island by themselves. And the reason they're 1A is because the next school is, you know, 25 miles away. But um, yeah. is that ever a thing that happens? I don't, you know, I don't know. Yeah. No, um, we don't ever do any work with, you know, the closest school to us is uh, McCamey. That's 18 miles away. They're the closest. They're 2A. Um, However, we have done projects with other schools where we like, we'll do, we'll pick one of our locations and we'll do a public show from our 1X together. So it'll be like two or three shows all in one Sunday afternoon. And so, so we, bring in our communities together that way. Okay. Um, and I'm going to have got a couple more questions and I'm going to get you out of here. Cause, uh, from, from the sound of it, uh, you do too much and maybe sleep is one of those things you need to catch up on. So, uh, but I'm going to, uh, this question, I don't know how to word this question necessarily. Cause I don't, I don't want, um, I don't, it shouldn't get the wrong impression by this, but I want you to speak on how you budget kind of your, like, how does that work when you are in charge of the school 
likely in charge of or have have a say in budget you know you're not the bookkeeper at least i don't think you are you haven't said you are <laughs> okay good <laughs> that would that would be crazy um you're everything else but uh well not everything else i don't want to discount your staff and, and faculty but um but you you have to budget for your shows but you also uh are the one kind of helping drive the budget uh how does that work with how you decide and how you kind of divvy up the funding for a department that you have an invested interest in, but you also have to oversee every other department. All right. We, our fine arts departments are banned in theater here. Those are the two departments we have. We do um, have separate, completely separate budgets, not, they're not shared at all. Um, and so our, our business manager is really good. Our superintendent is really, is really good. They, they kind of said it. If there's anything that happens at the end of the year where I feel like we just didn't have any one of us, band or theater or any of the other organizations, just didn't have what they needed, it's something we normally sit down and visit about. You know, right. if we, when we set the budget, I get calls from the business manager, especially if it's something where we might have gone over. As far as our theater budget goes, we have an activity fund as well, and we use our activity fund if we need to offset something. Okay. But we are, again, I'm in a blessed dis district, yeah. and so we don't have a high need to to ask for things. Right. Yeah, that's really cool. I mean, you're really making me second-guess some things, but in a good way, in a positive <laughs> way. <laughs> but, again, just a personal my own, you know, but again, uh, you know, it's got my name on it, this podcast. So I'm going to get you out of here on this. Uh, uh, I'd like to think I typically ask pretty good questions, but I can never mix up my last question very well with um, certain genres. So I ask college people a certain question. I ask 6A and 5A people a certain question. And then I ask one to four, sometimes one to 3A this question but we, there's a, there's a certain stigma that goes with all these levels, right? No matter, you know, no matter elementary, junior, high school, and then high school one to six A, there's a stigma. What is it that you would want to make sure that everyone knows, not just other high schools, not just big schools or, or other uh, of smaller population, what is it that you would want somebody to know about 1A schools, 1A school theater uh, that is an influence, uh, a, a motivational element, um, something that, that you just want to make sure that if we were to know one thing about what you guys do and the, and the kind of changes you guys are making to kids' lives and things like that, what is it that you would – and th this is a tough one for you because you're in a unique situation as, as the boss and, and the director and – um, go, I'll stop babbling. I was, I was kind of doing that to stall so you could think, but, <laughs> but yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Um, I think one of the things that's unique to 1A schools, and you've probably heard it before, is the kids do everything, of course. Um, when it comes to theater, to our one-act play program, I always like it whenever a kid comes home a few years after graduation, and and 
makes a comment to the effect of, I enjoyed one act because it was where I got to be myself. And we've had kids who were football players, basketball players, to kids who didn't do anything other than one act. And they all did that in the same location. And that's not something that's always true in in other in other schools. That's something that has to be true in a 1A school or else you're not going to be successful. Um, like I said, I was in Valentine. We, we did gamma rays that year as well. And I had literally the entire high school either as a techie or as an actor <laughs> with that show. So 1As need everyone to be a part of their program and 1As get to have everyone be a part of their program.